The global fungi industry is expanding like wildfire right now. Innovation is happening every which way, from companies using fungi to remediate toxic soil, to mycelium-based meat replacements, to mycomaterials used to create leather and packaging replacements, medicinal mushroom supplements, and of course, psilocybin-assisted therapy. And if there's one person on this earth who knows more about the great entrepreneurs leveraging fungal solutions to unique problems, it's my guest on today's show, Mark Fiello. Mark saw a need to consolidate and visualize all the different arenas of fungal innovation, which led him to creating the MycoStories Fungi Industry Map. The map is broken down into four sections, food, health, environment, and materials. And we'll get more into the details during the show. We'll talk about how Mark got started with creating the map, his tips for keeping track of the industry, and resources for further learning. Mark will also talk about his Fungi World Tour, where he's traveling across the world to meet entrepreneurs to see all of the innovations happening around the world. Finally, we'll talk about the future of the industry and what needs to happen for companies to produce impactful solutions at scale. It's a really interesting conversation, so I hope you'll stick around. Just a couple of housekeeping notes. If you are enjoying the podcast, uh, please subscribe and review on whichever platform you're listening to. That really helps with uh, getting up those charts, especially since I'm just getting this thing off the ground. You can find me on Instagram. I am at Remarkable Mushroom Emporium. And then my email is RemarkableMushroomEmporium at gmail.com. You can feel free to drop in and say anything you want, really. <laughs> I'm open to questions, feedback, or if you just want to say hi. Um, also, if you send a screenshot of your review or rating, I'll give you a shout out on the show. So, All right, Bozo, thank you. This week's review comes from Bob Ryan out of Western Illinois. Bob says that he is enjoying the podcast immensely and looking forward to new episodes. Um, he also says, I do an excellent job of bringing high-level information to beginners like him, and I have a great mix of interesting, often fascinating, accessible, and relatable content, and he appreciates the work I put into the music. So thank you, Bob, for that lovely review. I will definitely keep on pumping out the episode, so stay tuned. The theme song for Ryan's Remarkable Mycology podcast is Lacuna by Cloudcord, featuring Sun Squabby. All right, well, that will do. Shorter intro than usual today. I don't have any fun stories. Well, maybe I do, but maybe I'll save those until the end. All right, well, let's get into the show. Thanks for tuning in. Episode five, joining me now is Mark Fiolo, founder of MycoStories and former VP of marketing for Loop, which is a project from a company called TerraCycle and partners with brands to create refillable versions of typical single-use products. Um, but what, uh, what we're going to be talking about mostly today is his new uh, venture called MycoStories. And um, if you're not familiar with MycoStories, it's sort of a fungi innovation community 
Uh, and Mark has put together a, a really nice map of the fungi industry, uh, which lays out four main categories being food, health, environment, and materials. Um, and it features companies like Ecovative, Radical Mycology, uh, aforementioned Loop, Four Sigmatic, Mushroom Revival, and much more. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining me. And I think if we want to just start by telling us um, how you created this map and uh, what uh, is the best way to kind of go about uh, using it as a tool um, for looking into the fungi industry. Sounds good, Ryan. And uh, hello to all the remarkable mushroom podcast community. Uh, really good to be here today. And uh, yeah, I think uh, the best way to introduce Myco Stories is actually to talk a little bit about this this map that has uh, uh, driven a lot of attention and, and traction to the project. Um, and the map exercise really came from my passion for looking into concrete case studies and business applications, leveraging uh, fungal innovations. Um, and as I had been uh, doing this personal exercise of uh, looking and cataloging these uh, amazing projects and people, what I found over a number of months was that I had to go and look in research papers, in different blogs, industry reviews, um, documentaries, and they were all really, really scattered. And as I was documenting them for uh, my own personal research and interest, uh, I really realized that there would be benefit in centralizing all of the people and projects behind these uh, incredible ventures. and to try and organize them in order for them to recognize that there are other players in the space doing very similar things so that potentially synergies would create from that. The goal with this map, along with the broader project of MicroStories, is to effectively raise the overall awareness of fungal innovation globally in order to educate a larger population which needs to be involved for this space to grow. I'm thinking about regulators, investors, um, but also to try and operate as a connection body between different members of this ecosystem. So think of researchers in different universities working on really pioneering fungi related research and entrepreneurs working on similar projects, but with a commercial aspect to it. Think about investors investing in impact, uh, but not considering fungi yet. My goal with MycoStories is that this bridge happens and just like a mycelium, the connections enable a stronger root foundation for the overall fungi industry to thrive. And uh, this map that you can find on mycostories.com is effectively the tangible result of that. Um, and it's a growing ecosystem. Every week I receive a new requests for young 
startups from all over the world to be added from the map. So what's been fantastic is that since I've launched it, it's probably increased by 30%. So when I launched it, I think I had uh, around 150 companies on the map. And now I have uh, probably closer to 250 companies featured, which shows how thriving the space is and also how global the entrepreneurs and the researchers working in this space uh, are. And, uh, and that's really encouraging. And, uh, and it's pushing me to um, invest more of my time and create more partnerships in this space to uh, effectively potentially become a representation body for the overall global fungi industry. Awesome. I love that analogy of, uh, of using uh, the connections of the mycelium as a, a, a way to talk about the, the industry as a whole. So um, yeah, and just speaking personally, I've, I've been uh, looking at the fungi industry map a lot. It's just got so much great information and it really lays out all of the various um, aspects of this, of this space in a, in a really visually appealing way. Um, so uh, kind of going off of what you said, um, where exactly did you originally find, I know you mentioned that you get a lot of people reaching out to be added, but when you were first creating the map, where did you find all of these companies? Was it um, just from your own research or were there any other resources that you looked at? Yeah, so it, it was a mix of online and offline. Um, I was a bit of a bookworm for the last couple of years looking, reading classics from mycelium running, radical mycology, entangled life, uh, and a few other more that you can find on the resource page of the MicroStories website. Uh, and in these fantastic books, you have not only the concrete case studies of how some of these projects around carbon sequestration, around mycoprotein are, um, are, are made, um, but you also have the science behind it, which is always uh, interesting, especially for people who don't necessarily have a science background. I think the, the really exciting part of learning and reading about mushrooms is that you actually learn about a much broader ecosystem and how it works. Um, so lots of interesting books, uh, lots of interesting podcasts as well. I, uh, been following Mushroom Revival and Mushroom Hour, the Mushroom Hour for a number of years. I think combined, they probably have a, around 200 episodes uh, of great interviews of founders, academics in this space. So again, lots of, uh, uh, lots of great content there that you can listen to on the go. Um, and then other more recent sources of information have been um, Green Queen, which is a website and newsletter that focuses on the alt protein space. So not specific to microprotein, but um, fungi is often related to, yeah, in, in, in this blog. Um, and then, on the microcomposite, so on the biocomposite side, there's a, a, a small but well put together resource called myceliumresources.info, which is also a good source of case studies, examples 
not necessarily always focused on commercial, um, but yeah, quite, quite a good one. And uh, yeah, and a tip I can share with uh, anyone trying to follow the space is let's never forget our uh, very useful Google alerts uh, who can definitely make sure that you won't be missing out on the more topical news of what's happening. So simply set up Google alerts for keywords like mushroom innovation or mycelium. And every week you'll have a nice digest of what's happening in the space, which is good. That's a great tip. I will definitely have to do that for myself. Um, so you mentioned that this uh, fungi industry map has been expanding really rapidly. Um, I think you said from 150 to 250 companies. Are there any like new additions to the map that you're feeling really excited about or want to talk about just generally? Yeah, good question. So I've just embarked on a 12 months fungi world tour. The goal of this world tour is effectively to go and meet some of these pioneers and showcase the amazing work that they do. And I just come, uh, I'm in Jakarta right now, but was just in Singapore for three weeks. And I had the chance of meeting um, a fantastic company called Allium Bio, which effectively tries to combine the incredible benefits of microprotein with the incredible health benefits of microalgae. And there's very few companies doing this uh, globally. They're very early stage and they're effectively trying to bind both of these incredible components into one superfood. So really enjoy speaking with John uh, and Albertus, the two founders of the company there. And another one that I've particularly enjoyed as well, that I've just spent a few days working with here in Indonesia is a company called Mycotech Labs, who does mycelium leather. Um, and yeah, I think they, they have been operating for about 10 years, shifting their strategy on mycelium leather for the past four. And uh, the end product that I've had the chance of seeing and interacting directly is, is really promising. Um, and uh, they're just starting to scale up their international production as well, looking at um, uh, scaling in Japan, where they've just set up a production space as well. So two really interesting companies to follow, and there's so many more. Um, I speak a lot about them on news article that I publish, so I think a good way to not miss out is... Uh, to subscribe to the newsletter, um, or obviously to reach out directly if you're interested in, in knowing more. Great. Yeah, that is all good stuff. Um, I've been following the world tour via Instagram, so it seems like you're going to a lot of really cool places. Okay, so we talked about new additions to the map. I guess uh, one question I had for you is, if you had a million dollars to invest in any of the companies slash startups on your map, how would you divide your investments and which companies would you invest in? Mm. Um, 
if it comes as a thank you note for the podcast i'd love i'd love that thank you but no more more specifically um i i won't make recommendations on specific companies because i don't want to mislead any anyone in in any way but uh i think you know i would divide my investment in a probably like five, six companies, uh, maybe more actually. Uh, I'd probably pick a couple in the fermentation space, focusing on microprotein and potentially on companies uh, doing something which is even more interesting, like what uh, Allium Bio is doing. I probably have one that I feel strongly in the supplement space, you know, a strong consumer brand. Um, I probably pick one in the textile industry. Um, so, you know, sustainable leather style. Um, likewise, probably one uh, focusing on uh, soil regeneration or, or carbon capture. There are just a few in that space. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at companies like Lone Bio or Funga um, and, uh, and potentially one or two last one in what I call the, the discovery space, which is effectively companies that are enabling to discover new fungal strains or to optimize new fungal strains, uh, which can have a variety of application later on, might it be pharma, health, uh, or, or food. So yeah, probably uh, pick seven or eight companies within these, these different pockets of, um, of, of expertise. Great. Well, if the podcast takes off and I uh, get a million dollars worth of sponsorships, I'll definitely be reaching out to to get our investment put together. <laughs> can't wait, can't wait. All right. Um, so what do you think the next few years hold for companies on this industry map? Um, I think the space is definitely uh, at a point where you know, there's not a lot of companies in the growth and maturity stage. So what do you think needs to happen for more companies to reach those stages? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually currently writing an insight piece that focuses a little bit on that. And what I think is important to note, as we're seeing a lot of exciting news headlines, I know the New York Times published something uh, months back talking about superpowers and uh and yeah the the news landscape is rich of these uh uh all glory mushroom uh, uh saviors of our of our planet and addresses of all of our uh climatic uh problems so you can find many of these and i think what's important is to uh have a little bit of uh, pragmatism uh, and looking at what really needs to be put in place, what are the conditions that need to be put in place in order to you know, keep everyone on the same page in terms of understanding that um, the potential of mushroom and mycelium is uh, is extremely compelling but also extremely complex um so i'll give you maybe 
two examples um, that highlight this. If we look at Ecovative, um, Ecovative have been making mycelium-based packaging since 2012. Um, they were supplying Dell already with biodegradable packaging. Uh, so that's over a decade ago. And since then, they've launched two new companies, My Forest Foods and uh, and Forager, so uh, mycelium bacon and um, uh, sustainable textile. And, um, and the money they've recently raised, I think it was 30 million, is actually going to be focusing mostly on developing the growth of these two new subsidiaries. So what's interesting there is I would have thought that if someone has cracked the the code to produce truly sustainable, biodegradable, affordable packaging at scale, this would definitely become a multi-billion dollar business. And so what I'm surprised is that, you know, a company like Ecovative, who are the pioneers in mycelium packaging with, you know, multinational clients, good financial backing, um, they don't seem to have crack the code just yet to make it widely available. And, um, and so, you know, begs the question, like, you know, what needs to happen there in order for this to get to the scale that will really make an impact on uh, the packaging crisis and the single use packaging uh, issues uh, that, that we face. Um, if we take microremediation, which is one of my personal uh, favorite space of innovation with, uh, with fungi, um, Paul Stamets was, I think he was among the first to uh, popularize the fact that you can use uh, mycelium uh, in order to effectively use it as a a filter in soils that would be heavily polluted or in waterways that would be heavily polluted. And that was 40 years ago, over 40 years ago. Um, and since then, actually, we haven't seen a lot of large scale projects to, that have been completed. Um, you know, I think there's uh, the, co the co renewal project that uh, used similar techniques in the in the Amazon to clean up um, petroleum contaminated um, rivers and and uh, and jungles, um, but very little has been done again since then. Even though it's it holds such an exciting promise, um, and I was speaking as I was visiting a company called Novo Biome in Belgium that uh, focus on bioremediation, mixing both fungal strains and uh, my microbial uh, remediation. Um, and the founder, Dr. Carolyn Zawi, you know, was really pragmatic when she was explaining the complexity of being able to effectively find the right uh, find the right match between the uh, organic compounds that you're going to put in the ground uh, depending on the the 
ecosystem in which this soil is, depending on um, the type of soil you're talking about, the type of pollutants that have been in the soil for a certain amount of years. And so all of these variables make it actually really complex to uh, bring this remediation, bioremediation solution applicable at scale. It's doable, but you definitely need a lot of research in order to make it possible. And then you need to create the catalog of information and of um, uh, strain to soil uh, combo in order for, for this to, to work in different types of settings. So I think what's important is a pragmatic analysis, uh, making sure that there's rigorous research. Collaboration is going to be key because you know um, there's not a lot of players in this space, relatively speaking, and so much to learn. And so in order for this to work well, you need um, investors that are looking at longer term return on investment. So over five years, I'd say five to 10 years. Um, and then we need support from regulators, hence the importance of education and making sure people understand what it means to work with fungi-based innovation. So that's really my personal goal through MycoStories is to foster that environment and little by little through more cooperation, uh, open access to information to some degree and, um, and you know all the key stakeholders speaking to each other and understanding understanding each other um i'm i'm sure we'll be able to make uh fungi hold hold their their virtuous promises yeah absolutely um i i i definitely hear you on uh nobody seems to have cracked the code so to speak but um i think it's only a matter of time, given um, all the research that's being done, especially just like in the past few years, I feel like uh, it seems like things have really been moving fast. But um, I guess we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess one thing kind of moving off of that, uh, one of the areas that is getting a lot of headlines and a lot of um, investment or at least money going into it um, would be the psilocybin space. And um, one thing that I found interesting on your investor uh, landscape is I didn't see um, a category for psilocybin uh, or functional mushrooms um, either. Are, so do you, do you know, are there any big investments happening in that space or is it sort of one of those things where there's a lot of small things, but, but no um, really big money pouring in? Yeah, so good spot. Um, I, I actually purposefully didn't include psilocybin, um, or psychedelics in the investor map as a lot of psychedelic research companies, um, might not focus only on psilocybin, but maybe on other types of psychedelic compounds. Um, and it can be sometimes hard to differentiate the ones that specifically do, um, and then with MycoStories, I've purposefully, and you might have seen 
um, as you were reading through some of the the content that we that we release that we don't talk much about uh, psilocybin and psychedelics and the the reason behind that is I think I'm I'm incredibly cautious speaking and and promoting companies within a space which is which holds huge promises because I'm a big believer in the potential of psychedelics to support people with different mental health problems. Um, but I, I feel slightly uneasy when you start mixing mental health and for-profit companies. And so we highlight a little bit of, re uh, of research-based um, article, but very little linked to business. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of other companies and people that are focusing on specifically that and might be better equipped to actually speak and uh, and provide a an informed point of view on you know what companies are are doing the right thing and doing it with integrity. Um, one that I'm happy to to point people towards is Psychedelic Alpha. Um, led by Josh Hardman, and uh, you know they are the micro stories, if you want, of this psychedelic industry, and they've done you know a great job mapping out and providing um, you know rich content on that space. Um, but this, you know, from what I know, the psychedelic space has attracted copious amount of investment. Uh, potentially and you know similarly to the alternative protein and mycoprotein space um, but um, yeah it's uh, it's again it's a space in which there has been a lot of excitement and we're yet to have seen some uh, uh, large-scale commercial successes yeah, it's it's definitely a tricky area um, with all of the kind of vague rules and regulations surrounding it. Uh, but it does seem I I am based in Denver, and you know, seeing uh, the psychedelic research conference um, or psychedelic science conference um, about a month or two ago, uh, that was definitely like a milestone. It felt like for the space. Um, so I guess we'll see, you know, if it remains to be a, a taboo topic to, to talk about, but, um, I definitely hear you with not wanting to mix business and, and the psychedelics, um, it can be, it can be a little messy. Yeah. Even if, um, you know, in all honesty, if, uh, I were to find the right partner to, uh, include a psilocybin focused theme within micro stories, I'd be really up to include this uh, and to talk more about this as part of micro stories because I think it is completely you know one of the one of the big pillars of how mushrooms can um, you know increase overall well-being on this planet uh, it's not only environmental but actually through uh, supporting people's mental health uh, elevating global consciousness you know, we will in the end uh, make the, the world a better place. Sorry for the, the um, yeah, sorry for the bad expression, but. Uh, <laughs> it is, but. 
no and and yeah to be fair um to the map it does it does have in the industry map a section for psilocybin um but yeah it i uh will say um if you're interested in learning more about that there's definitely some great resources out there um and i can include some links in the show notes but uh i do have a, a an episode upcoming recording with travis cox who is a psychedelic um uh, assisted therapy practitioner. Um, and he's, he's researching at Naropa university. So, um, if you're interested in that aspect of it, just stay tuned and, uh, it'll be there. Um, I think we're planning on recording this month, so, uh, stay tuned for that. But, um, moving on from, from psychedelics, uh, you, you mentioned a lot about the importance of, of collaboration in the fungi industry to kind of advance the science and um, make it a bigger, a bigger pie, not just a piece of the pie, but like the whole pie needs to be bigger um, uh, and, and more money pouring into the space. Uh, so, so you clearly think collaboration is a key to that. Are there any examples that you can think of, of, um, you know, sections of the industry map interacting with each other or even just like different companies or, uh, organizations um, collaborating and and um, any like interesting results that came out of that. Yeah, so I think in all honesty, there's not enough of that. Um, some of the great examples that come to mind are Spun, which is uh, not a commercial enterprise, but more a global research project that aims to map. Uh, the mycorrhizal fungi network globally, so no small task. Um, but they have been amazing in, uh, yeah, they've, they've been amazing in connecting with uh, mycologists and citizen scientists all across the world to lead that amazing, that, that effort. Um, and, uh, and they are led by other research bodies like the Fungi Foundation. Generally, the type of associations that we see are more um, research and enterprise. I haven't seen many examples within this space yet of uh, uh, commercial to commercial with two fungi-focused companies. Uh, there's a lot of partnerships that happen between uh, textile companies and um, and fashion brands. So uh, Microworks, for example, has collaborated with a number of luxury luxury brands in order to kind of democratize the uh, understanding that there is an alternative to animal leather and it's fungal. Um, but yeah, overall, there's not a lot of examples, which is why I think uh, we could we could see much more. Um, other examples that come to mind, though, are a lot of design studios or architecture firms that are partnering with um, my, mycelium composite companies. So, you know, typically you'll have a ecovative partnering with uh, designers and, and architecture studios to, uh, again, bring the knowledge over to the masses that uh, there is another new form of sustainable materials and uh, uh, 
um, and it's available there for anyone to experiment and potentially disrupt the way that uh, they have currently been going about building things. But yeah, the, the, the goal with MicroStories is effectively to uh, not only through enterprise collaboration, but also making these synergies between uh, so much of the research that is happening, uh, you know, globally, uh, you'll find on the ecosystem part of the website. Uh, I mapped as well uh, over 100 universities and the type of research that they are focusing on. Um, and a lot of these, most of these research projects aren't always linked to um, a, a equivalent commercial uh, business. So I think there is lots of potential. Um, sometimes the academic research is potentially too disconnected to the uh, reality of bringing a solution to market. Uh, and sometimes you have commercial um, projects that are uh, potentially not rooted in sufficient science. So there's a, a great sweet spot here uh, to enable both of these projects, uh, both of these aspects of um, fungal research to actually come together in a, a, a more holistic fashion for greater impact. Definitely. Yeah, well, looking forward to seeing how that evolves in the future. What would you say some of your favorite connections that you've made in the mycology world um, since starting MycoStories are? Yeah, great, great question. I think the everyone's journey in mycology is really driven by the encounters that you that you make and and mine has been rich with these, especially since I guess going public with uh, Myco Stories. Um, I would say we talked about Dennis Walker and his podcast Mycopreneur earlier uh, today. Um, he started a podcast with a very similar vision of, uh, as Myco Stories two and a half years ago, and he's since then been on an incredible journey of documenting and getting to connect and speak with. Um, probably over a hundred of these micropreneurs. And uh, uh, when Dennis reached out a couple of months ago, uh, we had such a productive conversation and it was uh, really about coming together to, to, to try and share best practice, to try and uh, uh, kind of mix our, our mutual communities and it was all about sharing and um and i have a lot of respect for what he's done and what he's he's doing i love the satire uh aspect that he's giving to uh to to a topic that can be like very scientific and and complicated um so yeah dennis walker hello if you're if you're listening to this um then Second person that comes to mind is Christine Gold for Thought for Food, which is a um, sustainable innovation platform that used to focus a lot on sustainable food production, but has kind of uh, enlarged their scope of work recently. They've been going on for, for uh, about a decade, uh, non traditionally nonprofit, 
Um, and yeah, Christine has an incredible energy. And when she uh, learned about the project, she was very keen to get Thought for Food uh, connected to it. We have since then launched a Discord community uh, together where uh, people can come together and talk about uh, all things fungi innovation related, talk about personal projects, share resources. Um, and so I'm sure there's going to be much more coming from this, uh, uh, from this collaboration. Um, and then the last one that I, I like to talk about as well is uh, a French self-taught mycologist called Guillaume Lopez, who runs a consulting company called Xeno Nature and a super cool um, fungi and uh, anything kind of flora related uh, Instagram account called uh, Zeno Nature. And uh, it's all in French though. So great way to practice your language skills. Um, and uh, yeah, he's really inspired hundreds of thousands of French speakers to uh, give mushrooms more importance in their daily life. Um, and he has a super compelling online class as well, which you can find on the resource page of Michael Stories. Uh, and he's actually just about to release a book on, um, on the, the same topic. So, you know, likewise, um, what I, what I found incredible with these three examples, but many more I've had the chance to speak with is that there is a real openness to collaboration uh, beyond anything I've seen in um, other careers and other industries that I've worked on. Um, and, uh, and, you know, when you work on a early stage project and you are um, looking for as much feedback as possible from what could be perceived as experts in this field. Um, it's amazing to be able to knock on someone's door virtually and to be able to have 30 minutes of, uh, you know, honest and valuable um, uh, exchange with them. So uh, hello to all of them and sorry for all of those I've not mentioned, but uh, that I hold dear. Yeah, I can I can attest to um, the the willingness to collaborate and and just uh, be open with uh, all that you're, all that you're doing. Um, I've had a lot of even just starting this podcast. It's been pretty honestly pretty easy to find guests. Everybody seems really excited to talk about what they're doing, um, and and kind of. Uh, backing up a little bit in your journey, can you talk a little bit, we mentioned at the top of the show that you used to work as VP of marketing for Loop. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that and how that led you to founding Myco Stories? Yeah, so actually um, taking a few more steps back, um, I, I really started discovering the wonderful world of mushrooms when I was working in China. I was working for a Chinese tech company back then. Um, as I was witnessing uh, the vast array of mushrooms on uh, Chinese restaurant menus and coming from France where you typically only have the white button on the menu, um, you know, I started wondering like, hmm, why, you know, where do all these mushrooms come from? Uh, and then 
learning about traditional Chinese medicine, where then again, you had, uh, you know, all sorts of weird and funky mushrooms on wet markets and uh, on, on the streets of, on the streets of uh, Shanghai. Um, that got me really interested into it. Um, and then I quite later on, um, through personal mushroom cultivation project, uh, got a bit more intrigued by it. And then it's through reading, uh, some of the, some of the books that I mentioned earlier that I started realizing that, um, almost such a conspiracy theory why do mushrooms have such a big part to play in the evolution of our ecosystems from bringing the life of plants on earth to potentially uh, being at the origin of uh, uh, global consciousness through terence mckenna's stone ape theory um, yet I've never been taught about them in my biology class, you know, like in France, no one has ever taught me about fungi at school. And so I was, you know, I, I started becoming obsessed by them because um, I felt there were these, uh, this hidden pool of knowledge that people just needed to know more about. And, um, and so even though I wasn't working directly on, uh, anything mycology related. Um, I was kind of working on sustainable, sustainable projects, focusing on the circular economy. Um, as you mentioned, working for loop, which is a reusable packaging platform. Um, there's this notion of circularity and, uh, there's no better example in nature than, uh, what mushroom, uh, do in our ecosystems as a, the, the recyclers of nature. Um, and so I guess the transition happened. Um, I, I, I was going to say fairly organically, but at, at some point I had to, you know, take a big decision, which was to effectively leave, leave my role, uh, as, as a VP of marketing and platforms at Lube to, uh, dedicate myself wholeheartedly in this project. And I think what pushed me to do it was the support of the community and, uh, uh seeing the feedback I was getting about the content that I was producing, uh, the, uh, making also the realization of as I was speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs in this space, many seem to have um, two main problems. One was access to capital. And the second was for some of the entrepreneurs that were coming from a science background, having uh, the ability to tell the story, to highlight the huge potential of their solution in a, a clear, concise way that would be easily understood by uh, the investors that they were seeking investment from. So the kind of like marketing brand building aspect of it. And, um, and I guess I, uh, yeah, took a, took a chance and uh, decided to um, work full time on this project, which I've been doing now for six months. 
and um, and the project has two main um, two main activities, which are which are leveraging my own skill set. The first one is effectively raising the overall awareness of the space through a lot of content creation that I do with a number of contributors. Um, and then the second one is working hand in hand with entrepreneurs in the space in order to uh, give them access to the capital they need to grow uh, through investor introductions. And then the second aspect is effectively to um, support them on a consultant basis on go-to-market strategy, uh, marketing and branding practices. Yeah, very cool. And um, I, I'm definitely with you in, in kind of your journey uh, in, in realizing how much we kind of don't know. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, so I will definitely be following your work uh, in the future. And just uh, to, to wrap up here, you know, where do you see this project going and, and how do you expect it to evolve? Or are you just kind of letting things happen as they might and um, letting the project evolve uh, organically? Yeah, so interestingly, the strategy of MicroStories has been defined by the community, uh, at least very early on. Uh, and my to-do list has been influenced by the wonderful offers of collaboration that I've received over the past couple of months. Um, since then, I have a slightly clear idea of where I want MicroStories to go. Um, the vision for MicroStories would be to be a global representation body of the fungal industry. That means uh, being able to uh, drive more investment in the space, potentially influence policy in different countries um, and enable more collaboration between the key stakeholders, might they be researchers, entrepreneurs, um, and such. Um, and the way I'm going about doing this is through uh, collaboration and partnerships, uh, also through uh, this uh, journey that I'm currently on, which is a 12 months journey across the globe where I am effectively meeting with academics, entrepreneurs, and artists in the space, working with fungi in many different ways um, to try and really showcase uh, everyone, not just the, uh, the people that are already heavily mediatized because they, uh, uh, they're slightly more established, um, so really making sure that all geographies are represented. Um, so I'm currently in Asia until the end of the year. Um, we'll be in Japan actually from uh, mid-October until mid-December. If anyone has any interesting people to, to recommend, I'm always on the lookout for new uh, projects and, and pioneers to meet. And then I'm heading over to Latin America in January for the first half of next year. Um, so Mexico, Ecuador, Chile, Argentina. Uh, so likewise, if you're uh, listening and um, you'd like to meet up, let me know. And um, yeah, finally, I think the, the goal is to uh, make sure that uh, 
people get what they feel this network could give them. So um, please reach out if you feel that uh, you could you could collaborate in any way with the project, and um, and it's it's worked really well really well so far. So um, I'm I'm really hoping for this to grow into um, the community that can best serve fungal interests globally. That sounds like quite the trip. I'm jealous. <laughs> I've been I've been wanting to go to South America for a while. If your trip ever takes you through uh, Colorado way, hit me up. I'll definitely be interested to meet you. I'd love it. So much, so much going on in, in the U.S. So I think uh, uh, I think the U.S. might require its own. Uh... <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, Colorado, especially um, there, it's a the one thing I've seen since moving here is just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how closely you're following regulations, but um, it is now legal to uh, grow your own uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And um, psilocybin therapy is on the horizon. Um, so I think that has really brought a lot of the sort of underground market out of the woodwork and um, made a lot of people more comfortable kind of uh, being uh, connected to to others in the space. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Mark, for joining me. Um, I think that was all that I had. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Anything you wanted to plug before we hop off? No, yeah, keep, uh, stay curious and uh, reach out if you have any collaboration ideas. Uh, subscribe to the Remarkable Mushroom Podcast. <laughs> Shameless plug. Exactly. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. All righty, folks. That just about does it. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, I had a really good time with this conversation, so hopefully you enjoyed it. Our last episode, episode four, was the quickest I've had to 100 streams, getting there in just over four days. How about that, huh? So thank you all for that. Let's see if we can beat it. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, again, just please consider rating, reviewing, telling a friend. Um, that's always super helpful. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am at Remarkable Mushroom Emporium, or you can search Ryan's Remarkable Mycology Podcast. Both should work. Um, you can also email me, RemarkableMushroomEmporium at gmail.com. And yeah, that should do it. So I'm just uh, getting ready to go camping here in Colorado. Got to take advantage of this weather while we still got it. Um, so I will be looking. I don't think there's going to really be any mushrooms to find, but uh, the aspens will probably be pretty nice and yellow <laughs> as they get in September. Okay. Well, uh, I hope everybody has a splendid weekend. And yeah, peace out.